It's time for the Diamond in the Rough podcast with your hosts, Dan Collins. He looks just as nerdy as I do. He is the man from down under. And Sam Ostrowski. You like telling people they suck, that's all. Welcome in to the fourth episode of the Diamond in the Rough podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Sam Ostrowski sitting alongside Dan Collins. And we're also sitting alongside a Hall of Famer, Dan. He told us to call him out because we said we'd call Hall of Famers listening to three episodes in a row, now four episodes in a row. That's right. And that's Santos Lopez. Santos, let your voice be known. Woo! Yeah, so that's Santos Lopez, and he is a true Diamond in the Rough listener, and you you got you got to respect those people, right? I forgot about that, because you said he's a Hall of Famer, and I was going to say Hall of Famer of what? Of, team, I, what, Little League Baseball, I, Pop I, Warner I, Football. This goes to show you how much I paid attention to you, Sam, while we're doing the show together. You did mention that if you listen to the first three episodes, you are automatically in the Diamond in the Rough Podcast Hall of Fame. Automatically. So it shows that you're a man of your word. Maybe I am a man, a man of my of word. Maybe word. it was a little too ambitious. Now we're making I'll... a shrine. Yeah, right, right, Jersey, right. jacket, rings, or something we owe him. I don't know. Do we, do we owe you Pat anything? Pat on the back. Just a nice coat. He pizza said a nice coat. Delivery. All right, that's fine. We do have pizza puffs coming our way, there too. There we go. But anyways, Dan, we got a lot to get into, don't we? Yes, there's always, uh, we're gonna start, there's always a lot to talk about. There's always a lot to talk about. And baseball we'll, never sleeps. Baseball does never sleep, and prospects never sleep either. In our first segment, as we always do, a rock called Around the Diamond, get to the latest news. And the Tampa Bay Rays making moves again. Trading. Is this deja vu? Is, is it a little, deja a little vu bit, all over again? A little, little bit, but this trade is not quite as complicated. So we've got Logan Forsyth the 30-year-old second baseman, heading to the Dodgers for Jose de Leon. That's the prospect we're going to be talking a lot about today. Uh, But before we get into that, I'll talk a little bit about Foresight. The Dodgers get their guy. The Dodgers are doing exactly what they want to do. They are right there. They have the team that could possibly win the World Series. All they needed, they were missing a second baseman. Uh, Chase Utley, the 38-year-old Chase Utley, was on his way out. Good riddance. Say goodbye to him. Pick up Foresight, who the past two seasons... Has done very well for the Rays, has he not? Yeah, and what, from what I remember, Sam, you are definitely a huge fan of this trade, correct? I am a huge fan of this trade because it works for both sides. It's yeah. very rare do we see a trade for a top prospect like Jose De Leon, who's ranked number eight on the top ten of the right-handed pitchers currently. Uh, for that's 20, pretty good. That's pretty good coming into 2017. But Logan Forsythe, like we, I already said, is exactly what the Dodgers needed. They were only missing a second baseman and that leadoff hitter. And Dave Roberts has already come out and said that that's their guy. That's their leadoff hitter. So you expect him to do that and to play every day at second, the second base position. And all of a sudden, the Dodgers, they're scary. I think that's the best part about it is the organization is being very transparent. They're going to make this trade, and not only do they let the fans know, they let the team know, they let Forsyth know, this is why we got you. We want you to be the everyday spark plug to this team. Sam, there's one thing you learned about me. You know, I like base stealers. I like guys that can get on base. I don't necessarily know if Forsyth is going to be that guy, but I believe a leadoff hitter is very, very important. And it sounds like, well, yeah, duh, like no kidding. But I almost feel as if the leadoff man has been turned away from a little bit. You have the critical lens focused on the starting pitching and then the bullpen. How are you going to shorten a game? How are you going to end a game after seven, eight innings? Look for those guys. Look for a left-handed bat. Look for some good defense. And then, oh, by the way, yeah, we definitely need a leadoff hitter. Look at what Dexter Fowler did for the Chicago Cubs in this Mm -hmm. past World Series. Look at what he did leading off Game 7. Arguably the most crucial game in Chicago Cubs franchise history. He let off Game 7 of the World Series 
with a home run. You're damn right he did. And I'm not saying that's the kind of leadoff man you want. You don't necessarily need a leadoff man to go hitting round trippers and starting off games with leadoff home runs, but that guy is so crucial because if there's anything in sports that is vital, it's momentum, it's getting off on the right foot, and the Dodgers now are a complete team. Like you said, they needed that everyday second baseman and a really good leadoff hitter. And this is obviously, of course, if he pans out with the Dodgers, you never know. Baseball is a year-to-year sport, just like a lot of other sports. One day you know what you have. The next day, oh, wow, he took a major decline. But if he stays the status quo and things are going on the right track as they have been for Logan Forsythe, then I think the Dodgers, they're going to be in some really major contention here now. The Cubs are obviously always in the talk as the favorites now out of the NL for the past couple seasons just because of the great team that they have put together. But a leadoff man right there who sets the tone, who could get the game going and rolling, I like it. Yeah, they found their guy. They exactly, that's exactly what they did. He posted 20 home runs, which was a career high for him, and a 3.2 war, which is not bad at all for a second baseman. So at 30 years old, you could say he's really at the peak of his prime, so he's definitely got plenty of years left in him. Uh, good on the Dodgers for making that move. They've got a pl- uh, plenty of pitching prospects ready to roll, and they've got their starting five. So letting go of Jose de Leon, who we're going to get into now, isn't the biggest deal for them. However, on the other side... For the Rays to pick up a Jose de Leon is a huge deal. This is a a top prospect. He was a 24th round pick, actually, in 2013. But he's done nothing but improve every single year. And something that's really been said about him is that he's got this true balance of stuff, if you will. He's got a fastball that can hit about 93 miles per hour and go as high as 96 when he wants it to. Uh, But then he's got the strikeout pitches. He's got a slider that's going to make right-handers chase. And he's got a changeup, which was scouted as probably his worst pitch coming out, is now considered his best pitch. He could start off a batter with it, or he could finish a hitter with it. It's got that kind of movement. And when you have a nasty changeup like that, boy, it is just hard to hit. It comes in. It's got that weird... Movement, movement to it. Little, it's it's almost like a miniature knuckleball. You could kind of say because it's got that you know little very tail, very perhaps. little rotation to twist. it. It's coming in. You don't you don't know what kind of speed it's going to come in. It could come as low as seventy, as high as eighty. Uh, so to have a changeup like that is very good. And the Rays definitely found themselves a mid of the rotation guy. I don't think he's an ace. Uh, I don't think he needs to be. I think it goes to show you what kind of work ethic the kid has too. If coming in. After being drafted and, you know, getting into pro ball, his changeup isn't necessarily the best. And now it's arguably his best pitch. Mm-hmm. Perhaps his strikeout pitch, his go-to when he wants to get the K. It says a lot about him. Yeah, it goes to show you what he's working on. He knows how lethal a changeup could be, especially when you, when you couple it with a solid fastball. The number one thing you can see here, this is your prototypical standard operating procedure when it comes down to a team that is trading another team on one is in the position to win now, and the other one is still somewhat in that rebuilding stage, as we've seen with the past couple of weeks that the Rays are in, mm-hmm. and the Dodgers, they really want to win now. So this is your your total win-win for both teams because of where they're at in the stages of the game. Absolutely, and De Leon is a guy who you don't need to start in the majors come opening day in 2017, nor would you really want him to. He's a guy you could throw in AAA, let him keep improving, uh, got a small taste of him at the end of the year with the Dodgers. Didn't put impressive numbers up by any means, but again, you wouldn't expect a guy to do that in such a small sample size. However, Rays, good on you. Make the move you need to. Forsyth, he's 30 years old. He's not doing you any good. Go pick up that young pitching prospect that you need and 
Uh, as we both, I think, can agree on, we definitely love this trade by both teams. Do you think, before we transition into a different topic here, because you remember during the winter meetings, and rightfully so, all the attention the White Sox were getting for the big prospect moves they were making. Oh, yeah, plenty. And, yeah, there was, there was plenty. Uh, you could see basically every single guy they got, every single prospect, is now within the top 10, top 15 of that organization's prospect list. Are the Rays flying a little under the radar in terms of maybe national coverage when it comes to the moves they've been making with prospects? And if so, is that just because the names aren't big enough? It's not a Yohan Moncada or what else? I'm not – no. I don't think no, so. I don't, think so. I don't think so, actually, because they didn't go out – the White Sox went out and got Lucas Giolito. Yeah. They got – And the number one prospect right, in baseball. They got Michael Yohan Kopik Moncada. and Yohan Moncada. Those are, those are the names everyone's heard of. The Rays, on the other hand, are picking up the, the De Leons, uh, the Malik Smiths, who we covered last that's episode. that's still a good job. No, no. Really good job. Nothing. Not, hey. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. You're getting these role players who you know why you're getting them. You know how you want to bring them up. And that's it. You know, that's, that's what the Rays need right now. And I was like, I'm not going to say they went out and got these top prospects, but there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. They're, they are moving forward, which is what matters. And moving forward on this show, Sam, this is interesting. Um, I wanted to discuss between the two of us and... This is the first time, actually, that we're going to go over this, this top five list that we've made up. The top 100 prospect list is about to come out soon. Tomorrow. Yes. Tomorrow. All the top tens are out currently for each position, but they haven't combined everything to make the actual 2017 top 100 that will come on the 28th. Which is very good that you mentioned that because we're recording this show. Yeah, today. just so everyone knows. Today is January 27th. This is the day we're recording the show. It's not. It's going to come out after the top 100 is released. I know. So if you say, That's well, <laughs> these dorks are getting it wrong, well, this is what we're doing here. Sam, you wanted me to project who the top five prospects are going to be, correct? That's what you want that's, from me? That's what I want because, you know, we're looking at all these top tens and we're saying, okay, well, how are they going to organize it into a top hundred? Um, you know, is this guy above this guy even though both, even though they're both number ones? So how is this going to play out? So, yeah, all we're doing here is simply projecting who we think the top five is off of what's already been out there um, and then give our feedback a little bit. So, Dan, I, I want to hear who you got. Okay, so number one, and I don't know if this could be disputed, Yohan Moncada still has to be the number one prospect in all of baseball. Nah, or am I crazy? You're not crazy. No. Okay. He's got to be number one. Then after what he did last year on the Major League Baseball stage, I have to say that Ben Attendee from the Red Sox is going to be number two. That's my number two. Well, fine, that's fair. No, hold on, let me keep going. Number one outfielder. Alex Reyes is going to have to be my number three. Why? Because somewhere within that top five, you have to have a pitcher. And now we're going on down here to first base. Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers organization can play first base and outfield. That's something that we're noticing a lot of the top prospects have been doing. They are they're multi-talented in terms of being able to play multiple positions. And then I'm rounding it out with your guy, yes, Torres. Did you sell me on that one? Torres of the Yankees organization, formerly of the Chicago Cubs organization. And... I'm a little surprised that he leapfrogged. Let me just say this now. Dansby Swanson of the Atlanta Braves organization, just because not only is Dansby Swanson, and he's number two, and he's still a highly touted prospect, but he has 38 games in the majors, 129 at-bats, and I know Sam is not a huge fan of the batting average, but he's batting 302, 13 walks, three career home runs in the majors, 17 RBIs, I don't really see how Sam's guy, Torres, leapfrog 
leapfrog Swanson in terms of the top 10 at the shortstop position via MLB Pipeline, but that that is the case. So, Sam, one more time, in case you might have forgotten exactly what I just said, Moncada, Andrew Benatendi, Alex Reyes, Bellinger, and Torres rounding out my top five. All right, not bad. My projected top five list that comes out tomorrow. Well, uh, we're really close. Are we're, we now? We're super, super close. Um, that's boring. That's yeah, yeah I love <laughs> no controversy we'll there. We'll see. No, there's some. I, I've got, I've got, I've got some stuff. So uh, Mancada, yeah, leading the way. I think we could both agree on that. Yeah. He's he he's. I'd be shocked. He's the top prospect. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Whether he starts the season with the Sox or not, that's to be determined. Uh, number two, though, this is where we get a little different. I have Cody Bellinger as number two. Why? Because he is a star, and the Dodgers are looking for that next first baseman. Adrian Gonzalez is, you know, they're going to weave him out sooner or later. This guy has the power to hit 20, 30 home runs a season in the majors, and he's a 100-RBI guy. While, you know, I might not love batting average, like you said, but he's going to be a 280 to 300 type of hitter. And not only that... He was actually on the... Oh, because Benatendi didn't show that he could do that either last year with the Red Sox. I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. But Ballinger, not only that, I look at him as a defensive player. He was considered the best defensive first baseman in the minors for this season. Uh, You have to look at both ways. It's easy to forget about defense. Has he played a game in the majors? No. Okay. Has Benatendi? That doesn't matter. I know it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You know what? If anything, that just means they called him up maybe too early. But they didn't because he showed that he or, or, belongs in the majors, did Ben Attendee. It's better because the Dodgers don't need to right now. Isn't that fabulous when you have that kind of prospect? You could let sit there and have him pan out to exactly what he needs to be. That's who Bellinger is lefties. in my mind. That's who Bellinger is in my mind. But moving forward, he's my number two. Number three, uh, we got it the exact same, Alex Reyes. Okay. I think what need we saw. Need to have a pitcher and agree with that. If there's anyone on this list who's going to come out day one, and be a rookie of the year, if you will. It's Alex Reyes. Uh, he's the guy that's going to impact the 2017 season more than anyone. Uh, and we saw that last year with with the small taste that we got and what he's capable of. The Cardinals are excited about him. Uh, moving forward, number four is where I have been attending, which isn't bad. Number four is great. Honestly, though, I was a little surprised that he was number one on the outfielders. I'm okay. I'm not. What? I'm not 100 percent surprised, but I thought Austin Meadows didn't get enough credit. Do you not pay attention to the East Coast? Austin, I, I pay attention Come to the on. East Coast plenty. Austin Meadows is the in, reason why he's so high on my list is because he's so major league ready and is most likely going to be playing in the major leagues this year. That's fair. That's fine. But is this list the top hundred now, or is this the top hundred prospects? Yeah. I see what you're saying, but like, if this is top hundred now, Reyes is number one by far. He's number one. He's ready. He's right now. But no, I think I will agree to disagree. That's that. That's what you're making. Good point. I'm not saying you're making bad points. This is this is what it's all about. But that's that's where I've got him now. I think Austin Meadows. um, They had him as the number three outfielder. I think no way. And I'm I'm nervous to see where they put him on the top hundred list because Austin Meadows 
I I think very highly. If there's anyone that's improved, you, oh, you, you can listen to the last episode. I talk all about him. Maybe he'll put a little chip on his shoulder. You never know. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, well, I don't oh, let's see if you. I don't know how many of those players actually look at this stuff. Do you think a lot of them? Oh, heck yeah. I think you secretly... If you were a secretly, highly touted prospect, possibly number one outfielder, second baseman, whatever position, there is no way you don't check your ranking, especially <laughs> with the technolo- the technological age that we are in and video games. People check their video game they, rankings. They do. Come on, how do you not check what your That's prospect like, ranking is? They're like this. You know, they, they always get interviewed, and they're always like, no, nah, you know, I, I don't pay attention to that stuff. You know, that's... That's what you guys say. I worry about myself if, and my team. And then they go home playing, you know, MLB 2K17 go, this is bullshit. This guy ahead of me right now. Dan to be Swanson rating higher than me, whatever it well, might be. When you're talking prospects, maybe if you're outside, like far outside the top 100, you don't really pay attention to much. But if you're within the top 30, top 10 of either your position or in the whole league, then yeah, you're checking. You're checking. You at least know. You should know because you need to know what expectations are and you need to be met with those expectations and see how you handle said expectations. That's fair. And you know what? That's a, that's, that's a good point. That's something to remember. Uh, number five, though, coming in, the former Chicago Cub, current New York Yankee, Gumbar Torres. I mean, he is fantastic. I know he's only, he's only in single A right now. He's got a lot of time. But if we're talking about a top 100 prospect list and we're talking about a guy who's come out made an impact right away, uh, help, helped the Myrtle Beach uh, Cubs single-A team uh, run their way to a championship, and he, he's the guy to look for. So I think it's kind of fair to make him top five, or, and I can see how he how he jump-leaped or uh, frog-leaped Dan Frog-leaped. Frog-leaped Leap, well, frog, so. and frog-leaped. Leap, frog, frog-leaped, however the hell it's saying. Make it up, we can make up our own words I, on this I, podcast, Sam. What, it's fine. I'm not it's very fine. good. Phrases. You're not no. good with words. Words and phrases <laughs> don't do me well. No problem. No. But anyways, to recap. You think it's fair? You think that he leaves? I think I, th- I think okay. it's fair no, that I he's I was going to ask you that question, Swanson. but you answered it already. That's fine. So Mancada number one, two Bellinger, three Reyes, four Benatendi, and five Torres. Okay. So, so we're very, very close. Yeah, actually, if you only flip flop our two and four, we, we have the same list. So within the top five, we both sandwiched the pitcher, the mm-hmm. only pitcher. I think it's possible. That two pitchers are in the start are in are in the top five. Oh yeah, Glass now can make it. I mean, hell, if you even look at it, they might sneak Giolito. They might put three pitchers. That they would might. be a little absurd to me. I don't know. Giolito was the number three prospect in 2016. I I could see it. Left handers, no. I don't see any of the left handers. You don't see any it. of the southpaws making it in there. No, no, no one. No one's. I mean, there's a couple who are great. You talked a lot about Tyler J, but I don't. I don't. I don't see a left hander making the cracking the top five. They will top ten, of course. But not the top five. All right. Well, only time will tell. Now, time will tell. But we we got to move on to the next segment, our favorite one. You've heard it. You know it. Three up, three down, predicting the obvious prospect, the bus, and the diamond in the rough. You've already heard it by this point if you've made it to the fourth episode, which thank God for you. Thank God for the This people. is our first thank run. Thank God for the people like Sandra We went all the way around the bases. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> run number one. We cheesy as shit up in here. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> baseball puns. It is a baseball-related baseball. <laughs> podcast. It's totally yeah, it's, fine. It's, it's, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with it. Wally. We're, we're, we're in the central still. We're almost out of the central. It's hard yes. to believe. But, Dan, I got to hear about the Royals because the Royals, are. I need to know right now, they had their World Series window. They went to two. They won one. Yeah, in the past uh, three Are seasons, they out yeah. of it now? Tell me about these prospects, where they stand, no. and give me those three names. Matt Strom, the scouting grades, you know, I always get to those scouting grades. 55 fastball, so an above average heater. 55 curve, 
just a little below average changeup at 45. He has average control, 50, and overall 50. He has actually pitched in the major leagues as well in 22, 21 games, check that, in 21 games has a record of 2-2 two and two and a 1.23 ERA in 22 innings pitched. And the thing here, Sam, you started off by asking me, you know, is the window closed? That World That's been Series- the question. Yeah, well, you look around the diamond and you have guys, let's just start with the outfield from left to right. Gordon, Kane, Soler. You remember that name, right? Jorge uh, yeah. Soler. And then you look then you go from third you go from third to first, Mustakis, Escobar, Merrifield, and Hosmer. They have such still a strong young core. That's some talent. There's one thing about having a strong core, but when they're also young, talented and young, you can't say that that window is closed. And of course you have the starting battery on opening day is most likely going to be Dan Duffy and Perez. Duffy just got paid. He did. He just got paid. Rightfully so, I oh, would say. That, oh, ooh, that's up for argument. But he's I, he's that was a little early to we, give him that, don't you think? Well, the the one thing is, and Sam, you actually said this a couple episodes ago. That's the price for pitching nowadays. Whether it's a young prospect pitcher, whether it's somebody who's major major league ready, somebody in the majors, that's what you're going to pay for pitching. And I think you question it because is he that guy? Well, that's why Matt Strom is my for sure prospect. I like going with the guys, and maybe maybe Sammy, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not doing this right. But I try going with the most major league ready type of guys in the organization. I think Matt Strom might be the name that you see first because you look around the field and you've got guys who could play on a day-to-day basis at first, at third, at catcher, at second, all around the infield, all in the outfield. But if there's something you can always add, especially if you're the Royals, it's going to be pitching. So that is why I'm going with him as my first sure prospect now. Going to my diamond in the rough. We'll save we'll save the bus for last. I'm going with another pitcher, this time a right-handed hurler, and Pedro Hernandez. He is four and three in the minors with a three point oh two ERA. And the reason why he's my diamond in the rough, being from Latin America, he might be one of the ones you haven't seen enough. If if he were to be playing here in the States, you would have been able to get a little bit of access, especially nowadays, you would have had access to his college baseball or high school baseball reels, and see more what he was about. Did he play in the College World Series? What were his numbers in the College World Series? But this is the first time my diamond in the rough is coming from Latin America. You remember last episode, he came from down under. Yes, he came from Australia. So this is why I like going with overseas whenever I'm searching for the diamond in the rough because it's perhaps the guy you don't know about but can make an immediate impact. And he had scouting grades coming in a 60 fastball, so... Nice, a nice above average fastball, and he has a cutter. Usually, it's your typical fastball changeup curveball, but his arsenal is fastball cutter changeup. So maybe if he can add a little another breaking like pitch the there, his cutter's coming in at forty-five. So perhaps if he could perfect that cutter a little more, then he could become a dangerous pitcher and perhaps see him one day in the majors. Now here it is: the bust is going to be. Christian Cologne. Sam, do you know have said Christian Cologne? I've definitely heard of the name. Okay. I've definitely heard of the name, but there's a reason I don't know enough about this guy. He was the number four pick in the 2010 draft by the Kansas City Royals, and he is actually still in the organization. So he clears the rules. He was drafted quite a long time ago, but he clears the rules of me being able to consider him the bust. Basically... He just hasn't done much. He hasn't done much of anything in three years now in, in the minors. 268 batting average, one home run, one triple, 
16 doubles, only 5 stolen bases, 25 RBIs. So he was drafted quite a long time ago. You've heard the name, but just really haven't seen him or heard the name ever since, have you now, Sam? No, but uh, you, you said the 2010 draft. That stood out to me right away, so I've got the list right in front of me because I knew there was way too many All-Stars in that first round. And sure enough, the Royals, they pass on quite a few. Matt Harvey. Mm-hmm. Um, and how's about Chris Sale going 13th overall to the White, to the White Sox. Sox? Yeah, how's about that one, huh? Yeah. So they, 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 they definitely missed out on a, a couple of prospects. And, of course, that's also the draft Bryce Harper was picked first overall and Manny Machado, the pick before the Royals. So you got to wonder, being a shortstop, if they had Machado on their draft board. Yeah, signed in 2010, didn't make his debut till 2014. So there you have it with my three up, three down. Sam, on over to you. I like it. You know, I, I'm going to keep it in the Central here, moving in the National League. The Cincinnati Reds. Oh, what a mess, right? The Cincinnati Reds need a lot of help. We all know it. Um, we'll see if they get it, according I mean, to this, you. I, this might be, I'm going to start with the obvious prospect here. This might be one of the most exciting obvious prospects, for me personally, just to cover. Uh, it's Nick Senzel. He, from the 2016 draft, was the number two overall yes. pick. You might have heard of him. This guy. He's a former Matsu Minor. Of course, he, I've he heard was, of him. I, of course, you've heard of him. Mm-hmm. My God, what a just, he's a pure hitter, pure hitter. He is so freaking good. Uh, I'll tell you what my favorite thing about him is, is I got to watch a couple videos of just him simply being inside the box and taking a couple cuts. And his stance in the box is so strong. He plants both feet, and when he swings, he puts a balanced power between both of his legs to drive the ball on any part of the field that he wants, which is a very, very tough aspect to have as a hitter. And not only that, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. When he was in college, he led the league in just about everything and made an immediate impact in the single A with the Dayton Dragons uh, in 58 games, a 329 average. How's about a 415 on base percentage? Seven homers, 36 RBIs, and he is on the fast track to the majors. This guy is 6'1", 205 pounds. He's 21 years old. He is everything a coach dreams to have. You know who he reminds me of? He's a third baseman who is a great defender, too. He's moved around the diamond a little bit on his position. He finally found a home at the hot corner, and he's done more than okay there. And his fielding, if we're going to go off the, t- uh, you know, the, the ratings on the MLB pipeline, his fielding's a 55, and his arm's a 55. So you're looking at a, a plus-plus def- uh, defender right there, not to mention, and it, we, are, we already know what he could do at the plate. So this guy, he's probably going to be, I'll say this, the first player to hit the majors out of the 2016 draft. Yeah, I'm looking over here, uh, a press release from over the summer from the Matsu Miners. Because I remember, obviously, you bring up Nick Senzel. That brings back many memories. Head coach Ben Taylor said that he is a five-tool guy across the board. And I quote that he wouldn't be surprised if Nick gets to the big leagues really fast. It's it's going to be quick. I don't know if 2017 quick. I, I don't think I'd want the Reds to do that anyways. We know the Reds are in a situation where... They're not in a position to win right now, so why why ruin his talent by bringing him up too early? But he is the obvious prospect, and boy, you hate to say Chris Bryant, but sure seems familiar. Second overall pick, third baseman, who has nothing but power, and can every time he makes contact, you don't know where it's going on the field, and it's probably going to be an extra base hit, which is 
an incredible thing. But I'm going to move forward now because that's what's really exciting about the Reds, and I love him. He And just to say it one more time, he's in that box. Watch those videos. He stands strong. He's patient. He makes every single swing count, and I love it. But let's talk about some more Cincinnati Red stuff that makes a little more sense. The bust. Nick there you go. Howard. 19th overall pick in 2014 out of Virginia. And just this seems to be a running theme for the bust, but injuries hit him pretty hard. Uh, he had a shoulder injury last season, and that's never a great sign for a pitcher, obviously. And the guy just has zero command. Uh, as a young player, that's probably the number one issue for most. But this is a little beyond crazy. In three seasons in the minor, he's... Miners, he's walked 92 batters compared to 74 strikeouts while posting a 5.6 ERA. I mean, that's not what you want out of your first round draft pick. Not, I mean, no, not at all. You know, I did want to bring this up too. You know, we talk about all these busts. He was drafted 19th overall. How many 19th overall picks are busts? A, a lot. Would yeah. you say not? Yeah. That's the game. That's the game of baseball, which sucks. But you and I, as what we like to think of as analysts look at a guy like this and say, well, why was he your first rounder? And we see all this potential that this guy, that Nick Howard has coming out just of Virginia. Never know. But just never know. He, you know, just put him on the list. Put him yeah. on that list. There he is. And, and the list will continue for years the, and years to come. The next five 19th overall picks and the next five drafts, I, I'm going to go ahead and say probably, Keep your eye on probably four out of five of those will be bust. You know, but that's what we're here for, to tell you that even though he's in the majority, he, sh- he shouldn't be. The potential is still there. So, but I'm going to move to the diamond in the rough. Uh, someone they actually just got, the Reds, Luis Castillo, actually just got him in a trade, the Dan Straley trade that just happened with the uh, with the Marlins, which is super interesting. Dan Straley, who uh, isn't the best pitcher, would you say? No. No. But they gave up Castillo, who is a flamethrower out of the Dominican Republic, originally signed by the Giants in 2011. Uh, and then was actually traded to the Marlins. And then he actually, there was a weird situation where he was traded to the Padres and then five days or six days later traded back to the Marlins, uh, which goes to show that, you know, the Marlins really did love this guy. But I, I love this deal for the Reds, get, getting rid of Straley for for a guy like Castillo, and they got two other prospects to go along with it. But he, he's obviously the main part of this deal. He's my diamond in the rough. He's had a great minor league career up to this point. He's really and he really stood out in 2016. So he started off as a closer actually. Uh, he made his way to the starting rotation last season and really performed well. 2016 had a 1.00 whip, uh, 103 strikeouts to just 25 walks. That's a pretty damn good ratio. And you know what else he does? He gets ground outs all the time. He has a 1.2 ground out to air out ratio. Which that's that's great to find as a pitcher. A lot of double plays. That's a lot like of six, double four, plays. Threes, that's five, exactly four, what you want. If he's not striking them out, he's making them ground out. And as a pitcher, that's hard to come by. And I, you got to love him. And I don't know if what the Reds uh, have planned for him, meaning if they want him in the bullpen back as a closer, where he can throw triple digits fastballs and strike out every hitter that comes his way, or if they want to see if he has that kind of stamina to go seven, eight innings, even complete games as a starting pitcher. So to be determined on that, but take your time with this guy. He's been in the minors for a little while now, like I said, signed in 2011, but he's still got a year or two before he can really make a huge impact. Uh, But I love him, and he's my diamond in the rough, and the Reds can really look forward to a guy like him in the rotation. 
And that's the ball game. That's the ball game. The We're about out of time, huh? The first run has been huh? scored. The first run has been Let's scored. See. Oh, Look yeah. At that. Look at that. Oh, yeah. We, we sure are. Well, we'll have to cover some some other things for the next episode we had a little more planned here but that's okay we're gonna we're gonna send it it into overflow and we'll tell you what to look forward to so the top 100 list coming out tomorrow we've already previewed it once or twice uh we'll have a segment coming out with that where we're gonna break down just about every single player we can you know and until we're blue in the face so that will be happening probably in episode five and we're gonna we're gonna pull out a new segment for you i'm not gonna give you too much but i will tell you this we're going to have a blast from the past, as they say, and bring up some old prospect trades that went down and how the hell it ended up. So that, that's what you can yeah, look we'll forward to. we'll get nostalgic. To. We will get nostalgic, and that's what you can look forward to in Episode 5. Shout out to our audience over there again, Santos Lopez, Hall of Famer. We first hope, member of the Hall of Fame. First member. We hope to have many, many more of you. Thanks for listening to Episode five, 4, not 5, we're getting there. Uh, look forward to Episode 5 coming out next week, and we'll talk to you then.